Welcome to Christ Church Anglican. We hope that you are blessed by today's sermon. We can either die in the condemnation of Adam, or we can live in the life-giving justification of Jesus Christ. This morning, I want to talk about some things that have been on my mind and my heart, and I'm assuming have been on your mind and your heart as well. The just, uh, all the uh, division that's going on right now in our nation amongst political parties and groups, uh, there's been a great deal of division between uh, liberals and conservatives, Republicans, Democrats, and different parties. And I just see this, uh, all this division taking place. And even on Facebook, it's con- it can be difficult to even just get on social media because I see my fellow Christians, brothers and sisters, arguing over things that are really divisive and really are not helpful to the mission of the church. They're really not helpful to the gospel. And so it, it pains me to see all the different divisions going on. And, uh, and even when I look at media, if you watch the news and you see all of the division, um, and it's just amplified by our media and social media, it's, it can be very difficult uh, to see all these things. And as Christians, sometimes we can align ourselves with different political parties or different groups that are not helpful to our mission as a church to preach the gospel, to preach the salvation that comes through Jesus Christ alone. And I believe that as a Christian myself and as a church, our primary, our main, our really our only agenda should be to preach Christ crucified. And if anything is causing division or causing uh, us to be unable to share that message of salvation with the world around us, we need to consider how that's impacting the mission of the church. And so, I know that a lot of people are seeing the problems, they're seeing the sin, they're seeing the hate, they're seeing the division and the anger and the malice and all those things, but I don't think people necessarily know where it started. And as Christians, we have the source of where all those things started, which is Genesis chapter 3. And if you know Genesis chapter 3, you know what happened. You know that that is the story of the fall. God created all things, and as his crowning achievement, he creates man and woman in his image. And so he creates them, and he puts them in the garden, and so they have all this great food to eat, these uh, trees that can just walk along and eat from whatever tree they want, except for one tree, God tells them, do not eat from the tree of knowledge of good and evil. And so Adam and Eve are there, and they're enjoying this world that God has created. And God has appointed Adam there to be this vice, uh, vice regent, this ambassador, this representative of him, right? To, to be uh, an image bearer of God in his creation. And so Adam is there with his, with his wife Eve, and, and he just got done singing about how excited he is. You know, this is now flesh of my flesh. And so they're in kind of this honeymoon period, but the honeymoon period is about to end. As the serpent slithers in and comes in and deceives Adam and Eve. She comes in, or the, the serpent comes and deceives Eve by asking her, did God really say? He asks if, if, uh, if she would just eat of this tree, uh, it would be good for wisdom. And she could become like God. And so these false false teachings that are coming from the serpent. And she believes it, so she takes the fruit and she gives it to her husband, Adam, and they eat of this fruit. 
And then the creation all around them, they, they start to feel this guilt and this shame. And so they run. Just like any of us, as, as we feel this shame and guilt of sin in our own lives, we run from God. They run from God and they hide. And God seeks them out and he finds Adam. He doesn't come to Eve, but he goes to Adam as the first. Uh, he creates Adam first and he has appointed Adam to be the keeper of his, his uh, creation. And he gave Eve to help Adam. And so he finds Adam and he, he says to Adam, did you eat of the tree of which I told you not to eat of? And Adam, instead of taking responsibility and saying, yes, I ate from that tree and I know it was wrong and, and please forgive me, instead he begins the blame game. And he doesn't just blame anyone, he blames God himself. He says, it is the woman you put here with me. So instead of taking responsibility for sin and for disobedience, he points to God and says, you put this woman with me. And then so the woman, you know, she feels like, you know, attacked and so she blames the serpent. And so you have this blame game and this wall of hostility is being built around them and between each other and then between them and God. And so all this division, this hostility begins and the honeymoon period is over. Adam and Eve are, they're, they're just, um, they're just they're, this re- very good relationship they have is, is broken. And so this federal headship that was given to Jesus Christ, this, this theological term federal headship means that this sin that has gripped Adam now falls to all of humanity. He is supposed to be a representative of God and he is our representative as the first man and, and even they are historical people. The Bible shows that these are not just mythical cre- people and mythical creatures, the serpent. These are historical people, Adam and Eve, and they give birth to mankind. And it is through Adam's sin that all have sinned. And so let's jump into Romans chapter 5, verses 15 through 19. Romans chapter 5, verses 15 through 19. And we'll look at what Paul has to say about this federal headship and this, uh, this guilt and sin that we are... Uh, that we now bear because of Adam's sin. So verse 15, Paul writes, But the free gift is not like the trespass. And so I'm going to stop right there. What is this free gift? The wages of sin is death, Paul writes, but the free gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. And so this free gift is eternal life. And then Paul also talks about here the trespass. So what is this trespass? Well, a trespass is another term that's used for sin. It's when, like for example, God gave Adam and Eve all of these trees. You can eat from these trees, you can eat from these trees, just don't eat from this one. But instead of obeying God, they were disobedient and they ate from the tree of knowledge of good and evil. And so they trespassed. They went beyond what God had told them to do and they trespassed. And so Paul is saying here, but the free gift is not like the trespass. And then he goes on, For if many died through one man's trespass, much more have the grace of God and the free gift by the grace of that one man, Jesus Christ, abounded for many. And so, although one man caused all of humanity to fall into sin, Jesus Christ becomes our new federal head. So, God had given all this authority to Adam to watch over and care for creation, Adam fell into sin, he disobeyed, 
But now, with Jesus Christ, he becomes the new Adam. He becomes the better Adam, the perfect Adam, the one who has authority over creation. All authority is given to him by the Father. And so he takes on himself this federal headship. And so in Adam we all die, but in Christ we all have life. Let me continue to verse 16. And the free gift is not like the result of that one man's sin. For the judgment following one trespass brought condemnation, but the free gift following many trespasses brought justification. So this, this trespass of Adam brought sin. It brought condemnation. And if you're not familiar with that term, it, it means to be, under, to be under the condemnation, to be under the uh, rule, the... Um, the unforgiveness, you, you are placed under this weight so that you are not forgiven, right? You are suffering the consequences for what you did. And so condemnation means to be cut off in the Bible, to be, uh, to be separate, to be not under God's favor anymore, to not be under God's grace. And so because of Adam's sin, we all become sinners. We all inherit this sinful nature, and then we all fall under the condemnation because Christ sin, or Adam sinned, and we sinned, but Christ brings us justification. And so the many trespasses bring justification. So God, in his mercy, he sees that the many trespasses that we are committing, we need a Savior. We need someone to come and save us because we cannot save ourselves. We can do no amount of good works. We cannot be a good enough person to, to save ourselves. And there, the truth is that we are sinners who do some good things. We might be able to help people and do some good things, but deep down, if we look at ourselves, we are enslaved by our sinful nature. And so God sends Jesus Christ, John 3.16. If you're familiar with that, God so loved us that he, brought, he sent Jesus Christ to save us, to bring us back to him. If we believe in him, we will be saved. So verse 17, Paul writes, For if because of one man's trespass, death reigned through that one man, much more will those who receive the abundance of grace and the free gift of righteousness reign in life through the one man, Jesus Christ. So through Adam's disobedience, through his sin, we are all guilty. We all have this sin. But... Through that, we have this, this, this death reigning. So you have this idea that death is actually an enemy of humanity. Some people explain death as like the natural cycle, right? Where we die and we go back into the earth and Mother Nature, you know, uses us and we grow into a tree or some kind of strange <laughs> idea like that, which, you know, there's some truth to that as far as like, you know, nature goes, right? But it's not natural for us to die. That is not how God designed us. He, got, he designed us for himself for eternity, to enjoy him forever. But because of sin, death has entered into the world and death has reigned. But, and I love the, the, word, usage, use, the word usage that Paul has here. He says, But much more will those who receive the abundance of grace and the free gift of righteousness reign in life through the one man, Jesus Christ. And this is where the, this idea of being an heir comes in. So when you are a son in the Bible, right, you're a firstborn son, you become the heir. So you receive all of the riches of your father. Um, and so we all get to be 
heirs. We all get to reign with Christ. Um, and so this idea that, you know, heirdom being a son of God, we all, sons and daughters of the Most High, we get to be, we get to be uh, ruling and reigning with Christ. Paul uses that language as well. He says that you will even command angels. So this idea that we will enjoy this wonderful eternal life with Christ reigning in his life through him. So verse 18, Paul writes, Therefore, as one trespass led to condemnation for all men, so one act of righteousness leads to justification and life for all men. This is that great exchange. You have Adam who brings in death into the world by one act from his one trespass. But from the one act of Christ, which is his sacrifice on the cross, we have new life. We have life in Christ. So we have death in Adam. All people are dead in Adam, but all people can be made alive through Jesus Christ. In verse 19, Paul writes, For as by the one man's disobedience, the many were made sinners, so by the one man's obedience, the many were, will be made righteous. So by Jesus' obedience on the cross, he, he lived a sinless life and he went to the cross for our sins and he had perfect obedience to the Father. By his obedience, by taking on the sins of the world on the cross, we are all saved. Just as we were all dead in our sins, now we can all be made righteous. And so why is this so applicable? How does this passage connect with this division and all the brokenness in the world today? I think when we understand how important it is that we share this gospel, we share this truth, that the world around us is broken. And when people understand that the Bible teaches that we are sinful people, but when we accept Jesus Christ, he sends his Holy Spirit into our heart to give us a new heart. So we no longer have a heart of stone, but we have a heart of flesh, and we can humble ourselves and we can see the world the way God sees the world. We can see people the way God sees people. And so it's impossible to have someone as a slave. It's impossible to oppress someone. It's impossible to do wicked things to a person when you truly love them as a brother or sister. And so in this world today when things are so, there's so much disunity, I pray that we would be a prophetic voice to the world. We would be a strong church. That we wouldn't be a wimpy church that just fades into the background and becomes irrelevant. But we would be a, a strong prophetic voice that calls people to submit themselves to Christ, to come under the authority of the Lordship of Jesus Christ so that we can experience the salvation, the abundant life that Jesus Christ has for us. So that we can bring unity and peace in the world and so that we can enjoy the eternal promises of Christ. Amen. Thanks for tuning in. For more information, feel free to visit us online at ccanglican.com. We hope you will join us again soon.